I am Plant on the Line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. When Hal Kalman came on this program 11 years ago, when the fourth edition of Exploring Vancouver was published, I spoke about how special those first two editions were. I also spoke about them a year ago on CKNW when Eric Chapman did a piece on the various collections uh, here in my office. Exploring Vancouver is essentially a guidebook to the city and the unique architecture therein. A fifth edition of the book was recently published, and I'm joined now by Hal's collaborator on this edition, uh, as well as the last two, Robin Ward. His name will be familiar to many who remember his long-running architecture column in the Vancouver Sun. I'll ask Robin about working with Hal and how they determined which buildings in Vancouver are worth seeing, which add to the social story and history of this place. This edition also looks at areas outside of Vancouver, like UBC, Richmond, Surrey, and other notable buildings in Metro Vancouver. We see through this book and its excellent photographs how the city has changed, what's left of our past, and reminders of how remarkable landscape is shaped by the buildings in it. I'll also ask Robin to look to the future, as major developments involving the First Nations communities are either proposed or underway, important projects directed by the Squamish Nation, as well as the Musqueam and Tsleil-Waututh. Robin Ward is an architectural critic, writer, photographer, and graphic artist. He is the author of several books, including Robin Ward's Vancouver and Robin Ward's Heritage West Coast, as well as Guides to Glasgow, Bangkok, and Edinburgh, where he joined me from last week. This new book is from Harbour Publishing. Hal will uh, join me later this week. Please uh, welcome to the Plant Online Program, Robin Ward. Mr. Ward, good morning. Uh, good morning. Good to be with you. Nice to talk to you. So I've reached you in Edinburgh, but um, uh, is that where you, you make home? Is it, how often do you get back to Vancouver? Well, uh, I've probably been back. Uh, I've been back. I was back uh, earlier this uh, earlier this year, and two times uh, last year. I was back in 2019, pre-COVID, and yeah. back several times. Primarily to, oh well, being an ex-Vancouverite, I'm always really keen to get back and see how see friends and see how the city's doing and uh yeah uh astonishing how it's changed in the last decade or so yeah i was gonna i was gonna say because hal lives in victoria um do you think this perspective from being outside of the city i mean you 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 both know the city very well having lived here but now mm-hmm. living outside um do you think this gives you a perspective as to, to how the city looks especially when it comes to its architecture say <laughs> I think I think the the, the um, yeah I think the the, the perspective from uh, you coming to a place after a period of time and seeing how it's changed yeah you maybe maybe see things that uh, the locals don't I mean I recall when they when I first started writing the column for or had the opportunity to write a column start writing a column for the Sun the Vancouver Sun way back in 1988 mm-hmm. I mean one of the things that I said and indeed my editor at the time a guy called Mike McCrainer. Um, he said, well, yeah, okay, well, we'll give you a chance. Maybe your fresh eye will spot things we don't notice ourselves. Yeah, and I, I remember that calling because I was, I was in um, school, elementary school then, and just enjoying the, um, the the sketches that you would do. Oh, you're too kind. Yeah, well, I, I enjoyed doing them. I mean, this, <laughs> one of the things that Mike McCrainer, who, by the way, was a, uh, sadly he died last year, but mm-hmm. uh, he... he um, he was an old-style journalist uh, 
from Glasgow originally. Yeah. And uh, I remember standing in his offices, Susan Grandall, when the uh, Pacific Press was there, um, and looking out over the downtown skyline. And uh, my trainer said to me, hey, Robin, do you want to do a column? There's no heritage buildings. There's none. Look at that. <laughs> and he waved his arms at the skyline. I said, well, I see that as a challenge, Mike, so let me... Uh, and I did. And to, to his credit and the others of the Sun, yeah, uh, that column lasted over 10 years. Yeah, and then you, the, the, a lot of those sketches filled a beautiful book, which, which I, I had to look at uh, the other day because I, I, I bought it as soon as I could uh, growing up. Um, I, as you write in that book... Um, I guess a lot of people were surprised how much heritage there was, right? Yeah, I agree. I think so. Yeah, uh, I, I quite often would, uh, you know, I'd be standing at a street corner at, oh, well, whatever, Hastings and Maine, and mm-hmm. uh, people would walk by. And it's, not, it's not every day you see an artist with a sketchbook out drawing in the city. Anyway, uh, I'd often find <clears throat> people would stop and say, oh, hey, wow, I never noticed that the building before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... I thought that would always make my day because the whole point of the sketches was uh, to show people things that they um, they don't normally notice. I mean, you know, you're walking around, you're going to do business in the city or whatever. Uh, you're uh, you're not looking at the architecture. Yeah. Um, what does a city's architecture, Robin, say about a city? I mean, those of us that, that live in Vancouver um, should should we demand better architecture? I mean. It, is that is that the point of say when one erects a building? I mean, I always thought that uh, a building was put up, you know, for the purpose of what was happening inside. But I, I guess outside does matter, doesn't it? Uh, well, yeah, it, 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 it sure does because um, architects, you know, the, the, well, the client, the developer, whatever, commissions the building, the architects, the engineers, and so on, they'll design it. And um, if, uh, but but you, you and me and everybody else who walks around has to look at the thing uh, after it's built. The architects move on to the next job, and so does the developer. Uh, so the external appearance of the building uh, that really does matter. Whether it's you know, we uh, you visit some of the older European cities or Montreal, for example, and you can see many old buildings, and we admire them. And uh, yeah, these the, these things matter. Uh, in architectural terms, I mean, the real business of architecture is much more spatial, so the, the internal spaces, mm-hmm. uh, the, these are things that, again, we don't really notice, but that's partly because if a building is well-designed internally, um, you don't notice. But if you, but if it's not, and you find the stair rises are too narrow in your trip or whatever, you think, hey, what's wrong here? But yeah, the 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 appearance of the the, the streetscapes and, uh, and so on. It, it, yeah, sure, it's important. Yeah, the um, one of the buildings that you cite in the book, the Polygon Gallery at Lonsdale Quay. Um, mm-hmm. you, you use the terms form and function. Um, that's an example of a, of a balanced uh, building that, that uh, considers form and function as well as a historical context. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I've seen that a couple times this year, and, and I've, I've enjoyed looking at it. And, and I haven't been inside, but, but it, it, it's a, obviously a functional building for, for its purpose of a, a, a museum or a gallery. Um, in terms of what it looks like um, from the outside, because that's how a lot of, of us look at it, um, yeah. I, I guess in architecture that that's what form is called, is that right? Or what form is considered? Yeah, yeah, that's 
Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And so if the build, whether a building has got a circular or uh, frontage or it's flat or it's got a zigzag roof like the polygon gallery, uh, and the zigzag roof, uh, the serrated uh, character of the roof is a re re reference to the old industrial set sheds that used to be, but that that is the form of the building. You know. yeah. Uh, you've got to go inside. It's, it's, it's pretty cool inside, and the spaces are really well designed. Yeah. And the, the, art, the, the exhibitions also that they put on, Polygon, are uh, pretty good. Yeah. Um, so do, do you think um, those three characteristics, form, function, and, and then obviously the, the historical context, those things have to be considered or, or they have to be present for a building to be successful? Well, not necessarily. I mean, you could say... <laughs> You talk to Inuit people and say, well, uh, your igloo, uh, I mean, that works. It, it, it's made of ice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but yes, form, function, I'd say a harmony, uh, a balance. And uh, it, that's really to do with the aesthetics. And, uh, and, and to use architects speak, uh, kind of spatial relationships, or as they like to say, uh, a dialogue between the different spaces. Yeah. Generally, in my writing, I try to avoid that uh, that kind of jargon. Yeah, and, and that, that's what made that's what's made you readable all these years, um, well. and, and so, <laughs> certainly this book as well. Um, a building's facade, um, because you talk about that in the book, in the in the case of a couple of buildings like Jameson House on Hastings, where the the, the facade of the original building, I don't know how old that was, eighty years old or so. That was protected, and then this new building rises above it. Um, mm -hmm. You're seeing that with the old post office on Georgia, um, the old library at uh, Burrard in Georgia as well, where the, 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 the uh, outside was protected, but the inside was gutted. Um, mm -hmm. Do you think it's important to, to protect facades like that? Uh, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a really uh, that's a well-informed but difficult question to answer. Uh, I'm in two minds about facadism. Uh, I often uh, think that, well, look, if you can't heat the whole building and its integrity and the, uh, the original volume inside, well, maybe just tear the whole thing down and start afresh. Mm -hmm. um, on the other hand, um, as you say, some of the recent examples uh, strike me as being pretty successful. The post you mentioned, uh, I mean, that... Uh, what. Where the post is different, where the facadism of the post is different is partly because they actually kept the internal steel frame structure, which was uh, quite a, a huge a block. It was a block-sized building. Mm -hmm. So instead of just one facade, uh, there's actually four all the way around. So there's a sense of the original building uh, and, its, and its volume inside. Uh, on the other hand, there are some, oh, I can mention, where just, Jameson House, yeah, I'm not kind of sure, I'm not, I'm not sure that really works. You have the facade of the old BC Yukon Chamber of Mines building. Mm -hmm. um, the, the next door heritage building that was maintained or retained as part of that project uh, uh, was the uh, separately Rounsfeld office building, and mm -hmm. I believe the original volume was, uh, they managed to retain that. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, Facade is good and bad. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, I think if you look at the, the, an, ex, an exceptional facade, is, is always worth keeping. There's a really interesting project, probably it will be controversial, uh, to uh, the bay at uh, Georgia and Grand.
a 12-story glass box uh, behind it and then reassembled the facade, which would be restored. Uh, so, again, kind of like the post. Uh, yeah. And I believe there's, the feds are proposing a similar thing for, for the Sinclair Center, I believe. Yeah. And, and I'm in two minds. I'm still in two minds about it. Yeah. I'd rather have a really good modern building than a facade and a mediocre new building. Yeah, this is marvelous things to think about as we, as we think about how the city will change in, in not just the next five years, ten years or so. Oh, um, wow, yeah. Because it, cause <laughs> it changes rapidly, yeah. doesn't it? Oh, it's astonishing. I mean, what, the, 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 the primary motivation for for doing this fifth volume, uh, and Hal will, uh, will confirm this, was the, the, the extent to which the, you know, the city, the change has been so rapid. I mean, and... Uh, and also talking to people, um, there's a sense that things are out of control. I mean, mm. nobody knows what's happening. Um, the, the, we told, uh, we were speaking to pub, uh, our publisher, heard the wonderful Herb White and Harper Publishing, um, and there's some talk of doing a reprint of the 2012 edition. This was a few, a few years back. Mm. And we said to her, don't do it. I mean, it, it'll be history as soon as it's off the printing press. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should do a new edition, and, uh, to, and he agreed, which is uh, so we did. But he did even uh, even our uh, the new edition of the book, which we're talking about, uh, published earlier this year. That is beginning to be overtaken by events. The t- recent uh, discussions in Victoria about uh, you know densification yeah. and terrorism. And, uh, the NDP I'm talking about. They've got all these bills going on. Fortunately, I suppose. We got back uh, exploring Vancouver done before all this started because I don't know what you think about it, but it's totally confusing. Yeah. It's too complex. Anyway. Yeah. So, so in terms of density, because I mean, housing is obviously a, a problem that that needs to be addressed. Um, they were talking about, say, uh, increasing density in a neighborhood like Shaughnessy, but but mm. it, but its character and, and and its history, I guess, has protected a lot of that that architecture there. Well, the current, yeah. yeah, the current, I mean, Sean, Sean is a, a classic Edwardian, uh, you know, neighborhood with, uh, single fine, huge mansions and so on. And it, in one sense, it's really wonderful and we can, uh, we can admire it. But also, uh, it, it's, uh, on the other hand, it's, uh, it's not exactly a densely populated place or area. And I think there was a proposal with City Hall, uh, at, uh, Council just recently was proposed allowing some densification in Shaughnessy. Now, the Shaughnessy homeowners associates, of course, were horrified by this idea, and mm-hmm. uh, the new Vancouver Council uh, uh, also agreed, and I think the idea was uh, was put down. Uh, you also have the heritage aspect, because the beauty of Shaughnessy is that uh, it, it's landscaping and the uh, Studio style mansions and all and, and all that and the ambience generally. Equally, it's totally bizarre. I don't know if you watch around Shaughnessy lately, but I mean, it's like there's no, it's like a ghost town. There's mm. nobody there except for gardeners and their pickup trucks and dog <laughs> walkers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, that's a, uh, uh, yeah, densification. Oh, that's that's like a red rag to a bull, and it's particularly yeah. on the west side. As you know. Yeah, so so you know, I I can understand keeping some of these houses that are say a hundred years old, 
But what we're seeing in Shaughnessy, as well as in Carisdale especially, um, you know, houses that are, are much younger than that, getting torn down for even uh, or as big a house, uh, you know, mm-hmm. as big a mansion that's there. And, 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 and that, I, I would think, also would be worrisome in terms of, let's say, if you wanted to, to, to keep heritage, say, um, uh, a lot of those mid-century, mid-20th century houses, I mean, th- those are, are usually torn down by whoever's bought the property. Yeah, well, that, that's because the, the, this completely distorted equation of the value of the house is way less than the value of the land. Mm. And, um, you know, they've proposed over the years to me to try and deal with that, but no council has the courage to, uh, to, 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 do, to do it, to tax the land rather than... Uh, anyway, the, the, the other aspect of that, the thing that really irritates me about it, and I'm sure a lot of other people, is that, okay, so you've got quite a charming little... T- night. I would, uh, on one of the recent visits in Vancouver, to Vancouver, I was staying, uh, I rented a place from a friend. Uh, it was a cute little uh, 1920s bungalow at mm-hmm. um, oh, West 11th in Collingwood. Well, you go there now, it was torn down. Uh, the owner turned out, tore it down, she's built a new house, which looks okay. But the thing is, these old houses, uh, the 1920s, uh, they're often quite well built. Mm-hmm. And uh, from a sustainability point of view, replacing them and building a new house on the property is, 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 is not the greenest of ideas. Uh, and a lot of the old, uh, the old stuff goes to landfill, which, yeah. uh, which is not a good thing. Yeah. The, the book also t- uh, not only looks at buildings that are already there, but buildings that will be up in the future. Uh, you talk mm, about the developments yeah. um, in the, at the south end of the the Burrard Bridge, um, right. as, as well as the Jericho Lands. I mean, mm. th- th- these will create new neighborhoods altogether. Um, there's a lot of people who live there now who are obviously fearful of what'll happen. What, what mm. excites you about what's going on? And, and I guess let's begin with with the the, the Seneca uh, development at mm. the at where, where the, all those breweries were once were at, at the. Uh, at the end of the bridge, the Burrard Bridge. I think uh, I, what what excites me about it, and uh, again, this uh, t- touches on the motivation for doing the for, for doing a new edition of the book, is the fact that this uh, that project is um, has been instigated by well, Vancouver developers on board, West Bank, but it's finally a First Nations project on First Nations land. Mm. And what this means is that although city services and uh, utilities uh, would be required to service it, uh, it's the First Nations uh, Council who can decide what gets built where on their land and how quickly. And it's, and they're not subject to uh, Vancouver planners. Uh, <laughs> now, I can say a lot about Vancouver planners, and I would say <laughs> that a lot of people might... <laughs> might welcome the idea of not having to deal with these guys. Yeah. Uh, and that is the case with this First Nations project. Uh, and it's quite likely that, uh, and they've got a good, they've good architects on board, um, so it's quite likely there will be a very dense uh, community there, uh, but it will be designed and built on, the ter- on, on First Nations terms. Now, the other exciting or good thing about it, I think, is, uh, well, I mean, this really is reconciliation and action. Mm. Uh, and it's long overdue. 
And and uh, I mean, they're talking. I, I can't remember the the figure, but it, it's it's, it's a, 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 about ten buildings. Is that right? Or yeah, it's, it's, it's something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's up to is it thirty stories or fifty? Whatever. But yeah. it's yeah, it's big. <laughs> yeah. It's going to make the extra lines look like a, look like a little toy town, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and in the airtime, the extra lines development, that, that was pretty sizable. Yeah. Now, the, in terms of what will happen in Jericho, is the size of, yeah. of that um, project, I mean, will, 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 that, will, will that be as, uh, as high, say, as, as, as what's expected at well, Seneca? Well, as, as currently proposed, uh, there are three... Uh, Three towers proposed for the Jericho Line's development, and the rest of the land would be well, partly parked, but uh, also some uh, lower, t- smaller towers and mid-rise and uh, maybe uh, single-story developments. I'm not quite sure, but the uh, yeah, the three towers are proposed for that development, and that that of course is controversial, especially we're talking Point Grey, which is so uh, it's kind of like Shaughnessy, uh, yeah. single-family homes, wealthy neighbourhood, and Fascinated me. They're fascinating to look at. Um, the, the Cube, uh, 1333 West Georgia. Um, the old Hydro Building at, at Burrard, and I guess it's Nelson. Um, yeah. The, these were office buildings at one point, and then and then the insides were gutted, and, and it was all turned into uh, housing. Um, do, do you think we'll see more of that? Say, as we talked about, say affordability and housing. No, I think that's quite likely. Uh, I know that in Calgary there's, uh, there's a big move to do that because of you know, downturn in the economy and so on. There's empty office buildings, and uh, a lot of them are being converted. Vancouver, the Electra, formerly the BC Hydro Building, and Nelson Burrard, yeah, you're right about that. That, I think, um, that, that was the first uh, conversion of an office building to residential, uh, certainly in Vancouver, and uh, probably 
probably one of the first in Canada. Uh, and that worked very well. Subsequently, there have been others. The cube you mentioned, uh, which is a great building, by the way. Yeah. Structurally, it's fab. It really is fabulous. Yeah. It's ingenious the way it's done. Uh, that too is residential. What I've noticed over the over the years is that the motive and the economy really determines uh, how, how these projects uh, develop. So if there's a demand for office space, then there will be office space. And uh, if, it, if it changes to residential, then, uh, yeah, you'll find office buildings are, are being converted to residential. Either way, it's, uh, it, it's a good thing. I think residential uh, downtown is a good thing. The more people that live there, uh, the better. The, um, since the, uh, the, the, the fourth edition of, of Exploring Vancouver, um, the, the chandelier underneath the Granville Bridge has, has, has come up. And I was thinking about public art, because you do write about public art in, in the book. You, what do you make of the chandelier? What do I make of it? Well, yeah, I think, yeah, well, it certainly brightens up a pretty gloomy space under the... <laughs> <laughs> under the rhymes to the, the Granville Bridge, and uh, yeah, uh, I mean, as you know, it was, it was controversial yeah. because, um, you know, the Marie Antoinette kind of thing, well, mm. I've got all this money and I'm going to spend it and I'm going to build this chandelier and the rest of you, I don't care what you think. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody else in there for that area was there, uh, a lot of homeless people sort of down there looking at what do they think of, what, chandelier and it moves? <laughs> yeah. I think it's kind of fun, but uh, again, uh, you know, two minds about it. Yeah. Uh, on public art, um, I, as I was reading the book, I, I, I thought there are some great pieces of, of, of public art, but I, I suppose there isn't um, as many as we'd like. But I, but I, I suppose the, the, the will of, um, say, the, the public in terms of wanting to spend money on public art that's not there, that, that, and that's not always been there, has it? Uh, it? Yeah, it has been there in the sense that architects and clients and, uh, often like to embellish their buildings, and mm -hmm. uh, the, the public art is certainly a way of doing it. Um, I think the difficulty is that people's perception of quality of uh, artworks is, uh, it, I mean, it varies. And often uh, councils who uh, often, they, the, the money that for, for public art comes from uh, community contributions uh, that developers make. And uh, often uh, the, the, the quality of the arts is, um, well, uh, is debatable. In the book, uh, we've tried to feature some of what we think are, uh, are really good, uh, are really good pieces. Yeah. Um, it, public memorials, uh, that's also something that fascinated me as, re as I was reading this, this uh, edition of Exploring Vancouver. Um, I, I enjoyed the history of, of some of them, like the, the Japanese-Canadian War Memorial, um, mm. which was erected um, after the Great War. And, the, the, and then how the, that evolved um, during the Second World War as well. I mean, I, that, that was a great story in the book. Um, in terms of, of what they look like, because, I mean, public memorials are important, but in terms of what they look like, did, what, what do you make of the ones here in Vancouver? Uh, do you have any, any in particular in mind? I mean, the, the, Japanese, the Japanese Canadian, that war memorial you speak of, um, it's really interesting because it's a combination of Western, uh, like the, the column is um, uh, Western classical column, mm -hmm. uh, but on top of it there's um, uh, a Japanese uh, lantern. 
and it fuses the two together in, uh, I think, a very appropriate way. Uh, what also is, um, uh, enriches that monument is the, the humanity of the history behind it, and as you alluded to, the, um, the celebration of the Japanese Canadians who fought in the First World War, and then is, we know, the treatment of Japanese Canadians um, in, the, in the second when they were interred and, uh, and so on. But the memorial is still there. What I read that I was really touched by that uh, when the, I think when the lamp was relit with, uh, after after the Second World War because mm-hmm. it was extinguished then, um, I think it was one of the original Japanese World War One veterans who was invited to uh, to relight it. Yeah. Um, so I think memorials which carry history and stories uh, are, are are those um, that, that have have the most effect and uh, and, and last. Uh, it's difficult, of course, uh, to judge recent projects, recent uh, public art, because some of it uh, seems ephemeral. Other mm-hmm. other pieces will uh, will have a longer life. Yeah, the, 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 the Komagata Maru Memorial, that, that, that's a new one. Oh, relatively. that's a great one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's, yep, yep, that, yeah. that's almost faultless, I would say, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's... Um, um, it's a beautiful piece, and and um, it's not in Stanley Park, but I guess just outside of it. Um, mm. And um, unfortunately, it's become quite controversial in the in that um, the, the in, people. In what do, way do you well, do I shouldn't say controversial. People have been defacing it, which, which I think is is you know it's a great tragedy. Oh, but that, that kind of yeah. Well, that there's a long history of people that, you know, racist defacing mon- uh, monuments mm-hmm. and uh, so on. No, that, that's unforgivable, and it's very sad to see, especially in a city as diverse as Vancouver, that, uh, hey, we should all try and live together. Yeah, and, and so I guess that uh, that, that sort of de- defacement, I, I guess people are discouraged to, to erect other monuments like that. Well, maybe, maybe. Uh, but what what's also discouraging is just the sense of the... the, the, the I don't know about you, but often if I see something defaced by uh, racist graffiti, it, uh, it kind of makes me feel insecure um, uh, yeah. you know, in a public space. It's just not a good look. Another building that, that isn't up yet that you do write about in the book is, is the proposed new art gallery. Well, what do you make of the design of that? Um, I think it's good. Yeah, I, 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 I like what I've seen so far. Yeah. <laughs> Of course, it's really difficult to judge from architects' renderings because actually they hire artists to do as um, you know to, to make them look as polished as possible. Uh, but from what I read about the building and the plans for it, and the architects have a track record of really good stuff, um, it uh, yeah it promises a lot. Not only to double the space or to increase the space that the, the art gallery has to display material. But also that uh, crucial to the project and embedded in it is uh, rec- again reconciliation. So the, there, there's a big effort being made to uh, to uh, have indigenous people, or First Nations, involved in the project and uh, and materials. I think I think there's some plan to have some materials and screens that were uh, like woven baskets that mm-hmm. First Nations people use. And, uh, these may seem a bit superficial. It really depends on how the the, the, the project is carried out and the quality. Um, but generally, yeah, it's, it 
hugely promising. Yeah, yeah. and in the, the in terms of of the construction material, uh, there's going to be a lot of wood. Um, yeah, which is well, not something yeah. we see a lot of, right? <laughs> I'm big on wood. I think wood's the material of the future, and I'm, I'm not the only one. Uh, and indeed, uh, that that's uh, that's another thing that uh, we were keen to uh, to to cover or feature in this new edition of the book is the increasing uh, amount of uh, so-called engineered or mass timber that architects use. And in short, what this is, what it means. Um, is constructed wooden timber construction that can replace concrete or steel in buildings, particularly even tall buildings. Uh, and it's uh, a sustainable material from renewable resource from forests. And uh, the use of the mass timber is uh, it's increasing. The UBC section on the book yeah. uh, has uh, several uh, several examples. Uh, one uh, called Tallwood House. It was about mm. 18 stories. I think when it was built, it was the tallest mass uh, timber or uh, hybrid building on the planet, even. Wow. Uh, people, people often say that, <laughs> you probably remember the run about Expo time. Everybody was, <clears throat> city boosters and politicians were obsessed by making, wow, we're going to make Vancouver world class. <laughs> yeah. Well, they certainly succeeded in that Vancouver has a lot of world-class problems, but uh, <laughs> an, an area where the city really is world-class is in uh, the use of timber, mass timber, engineered timber buildings. Yeah. And uh, if I had uh, uh, my way on city council, I'd say, hey, we're not building any more high-rises in the Broadway plant unless they're mass timber. Yeah. Uh, the, the industry has a long way to go to to catch up, to produce the volume that's required. But <clears throat> what I've seen so far is really, really hopeful. Um, climate anxiety and all that, mm-hmm. well, mass timber is going to help uh, alleviate that. The, so there, there's one quibble I have with, with the Exploring Vancouver books. Yeah. Is, uh, I live at Fraser and King Edward, uh, near Fraser and King Edward, and there's nothing in the new edition, certainly, that's close to that area. Is this part of, oh. this, is my neighborhood where I live, is, is that, say, lacking in interesting architecture? No, I don't think, I don't think so. I think that's really a case. Well, clearly it's an oversight <laughs> since you spotted it. Um, I, I just, there are some buildings in, like, it, the, on the east side, uh, there, there's quite a few buildings in the east side section, and including some Vancouver specials, by mm, the way. Yeah. Um, the, uh, but the, the whole area of Fraser, of that, that area you described, it, 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 so much of it is pretty much the same. So it, yeah. it's hard to choose um, uh, to, to cover the whole area and, 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 and do it justice. I mean, the, the problem, that the real challenge with this book, to answer your question, really, for that a mission for which I really do <laughs> I apologize. You're not the first one who said, Robin, my neighborhood's not in your book. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, it's uh, the, 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 probably the biggest challenge when we started out um, <clears throat> on this new edition of the book was to how, how to accommodate the best of what had been in the previous edition for making space for uh, a lot of exciting new, uh, yeah. new material, new buildings. And uh, I reckon the ratio is probably about 50-50. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of the old stuff uh, 
actually had to uh, had to be deleted um, and replaced with new buildings. But hey, the whole the whole thing was refreshed from yeah. that point of view. The other thing, the other the other restriction I'd say um, is it, it's meant to be a portable guidebook. Mm. <laughs> People are meant to carry, or ideally, the ideal reader takes, buys the book, of course, you've got to buy the book first. Right. The ideal reader will take the book and visit and follow the tours with the book in hand. And they'll see the buildings and say, wow, what is that? And the book will probably tell you. Um, so in order to keep the book portable, we had to limit the number of entries. Yeah. And also to make sure it's, uh, the readability, <clears throat> the typeface has to be, a you know, Readable. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. The the, so um, the 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 these constraints. So uh, I think I think that said, it's um, I think. Well, I hope you think it works. I, I do. I, I do think it works. And and the, <laughs> the closest thing to, to where I live is is Mountain View Cemetery, and oh, um, it's wonderful. It, yeah. And I went through there this past spring, and I'm reading what you write about it in the book. It made me think mm. that if if I really wanted to to get to know that 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 that, that area. Um, I'd need about a day or even more, because uh, there's oh, just yeah. so much there, isn't there? <clears throat> Absolutely, that's right, that's right. Uh, I've uh, I've been there oh several times, and every time I that's the, the other thing you'll find that uh, every time you see something new, indeed, indeed, or and something the, you didn't see, uh, yeah, yeah. Like and then there's a lot yeah. of uh, new things there in in the last ten fifteen years mm. um, that are mm. worth looking at, um, and yeah. um, obviously the the, the the, the spaces are beautiful um, in the spring, in the fall especially. I, uh, I'm looking forward to going back this winter. Yeah, no, it's, it's lovely. It's, you know, in the center of the city, or yeah. the, you know, on Fraser Street there, it's a, a place of, uh, yeah, it's a kind of sanctuary, and garden, solitude, and views of, as they say, mountain view. And, yeah. indeed, you, and indeed you can see the mountains. Robin, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you. Congratulations on this new edition of the book, and, and uh, all the best. Thank you so much, and uh, my pleasure to speak with you, too. That was great. The fifth edition of Exploring Vancouver is from Harbor Publishing. One of its uh, uh, authors, Robin Ward, joined me on the line from Edinburgh in Vancouver. I'm Joseph Plunton.